Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Junk Time AFL Podcast. Pre-draft 2021, we are coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain, and joining me is a man who is replacing Jared Healy as the host of On the Couch. It's Adam Rosenbachs. G'day, Michael. Yes, big news. We're dropping at the start of this episode. I, um, I've managed to white-ant Jared Healy. So the couch is a bit of an institution, and Jared Healy has long been a part of it. And whenever I see an institution, I think that needs to be torn down. Mm-hmm. That needs a refresh. Everyone loves new architecture. You know, you look at old buildings, you go, we need to get rid of that. That's fucking ugly. It's horrible. What you want is glass and steel. And I am the new wave of modern football analysis. Okay. Yeah. And so we need to move on. And I'm bringing, see, the way that I got in, they said, well, what are you going to do the Jericho? I said, mate, I have got some fucking great segments ready to go i've got uh your low dog cunt of the week that's your first up bang <laughs> that's your opening thing who is it bang we're away brownie's got one gaz has got one <laughs> rue's got one we're into it then as a bit of a health segment because then we'll get to him later in the show uh we talk health with ricky nixon yep. every week we cross out to ricky and see what he's doing with his uh health van yeah we're then sparked out yeah, and he's given COVID shots out. What else are you giving out, Ricky? All that kind of stuff. It's a little bit of fun. Then we've also got Liam Pickering's corner. <laughs> and so what that is, is we catch up with Liam and find out what he doesn't know uh-huh. about each one of his clients through the year. Good point. And then finally, is a little bit of an addition. So we'll get in probably for the last two segments, I would think, is we're going to have Nadia Bartel okay. come in and just sit down. Just because we'd like her... Around for the after show kind of shenanigans. Mm-hmm, Just a sure. bit of a wind down and debrief with nards, as we call her. I feel like maybe uh, at the end of the party, uh, of the show, sorry, you could uh, get around it. To show, mate. You know, get around it. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And she brings out the uh, came up plates and you all have a good time. Yeah, mate. It's what we do. It's what we do. We're, we're, uh, we're an all-encompassing show. We bring people into the fold on the couch. That's, that's what we're going to be. So, um Set your uh, set your timers, junk timers, because it's uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun show. It's actually a bit of the end of the uh, institution, isn't it? Like, um, I think they said it's been going for twenty years, or he's been the host of that show for twenty years. Yes, maybe on yeah, Channel yeah. Seven and then onto Fox Footy. So it's been a fair while, hasn't it? Yes, and it's had quite a few incarnations of people that have been on it, and I've always really enjoyed it. I think it's probably the best show on Fox. It's the one that I've really, you know, kind of. That's my Monday night viewing. That's the one that I'll set, make sure I watch. And because I think it's really good. It's good analysis. And I reckon everyone on it, including me now, is really good at uh, their, their footy knowledge. I told this story on the pod a bit ago. Um, you might remember now. But um, there, when I was there for the beep test one year, whichever year it was, um, and I was standing talking to a friend of mine, 
And then Jared Healy walked past and kind of gave me a punch in the ribs. <laughs> and I whispered to my friend, I was like, I don't know him. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I think he thought you were one of the kind of our team. But I kind of got jabbed in the ribs by a Brownlow medalist. And I was like, mm, that's, you know, something I can tell mum yeah. and dad, you know. Not yeah, bad. that's not. That's actually nice. You'd, it's a good story. It's a good feel-good story that you got uh, clocked by him. You know what I love on on the couch though is because Jonathan Brown is the only one on there with premiership success, and so just what they have to list under everyone else. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, good point. Because it's like you know three-time premiership player, and then it'd be like Gary Lyon, you know, captain Melbourne for two hundred games, and you're like, yeah, it's, it's just not the same. He's yeah, not sure. even a captain Melbourne for two hundred game reunion, is he? And then like Nick Rewalt, like. Took it easy in a gold goal square and probably should have <laughs> run yeah. a bit harder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you know, uh, yeah, Jared Healy, obviously Brownlow medals so is pretty pretty good. Nick Rewald, I think, was you know all Australian like seven or eight times, and yeah, they yeah. put that up. But you still go not as good as the three <laughs> premierships. Like you just it's almost like you just got to defer to the uh, big dog, dude. Jonathan Brown. Now, can we talk about how fucking awesome this episode is? Because we have Craig Coombs coming up later in the show. Mm. Uh, giving us a bit of a draft preview and taking us through the year that was. Um, every, we all fucking love that ep- episode that we do with Coombs the Edge here, so cannot wait for that. So hold on tight. It's coming up at the uh, back end of the show. Yeah, and we spoke to Coombs yesterday, and it's an absolute – It's a, it was a really fun show. It was yeah. great, and he's got his top five. He only did top five this year because he didn't need to – Didn't uh, you'll hear why he only did the top five because, you know, I don't want to say he's lazy, but – <laughs> he did five. Um, but yeah, it's a great chat. Stick around for that. It's coming up very shortly. But uh, I think one of the biggest stories that uh, you and I have really enjoyed in the off-season is the punch-on that broke out <laughs> at Ross Lyon's 55th birthday <laughs> celebrations. Now, just so much going on in this story. Dude, so I think you find if uh, Michael Gardner is the uh, peacekeeper, in yes, event, yes. then you know you're in well, trouble. You, mate, you're, you're skipping your head. You, 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 you're, jumping to the, you're jumping to the good bit. So what happened was, uh, it was it was on a Monday uh, for Ross Lyon's 55th birthday uh, in Port Melbourne, a seafood restaurant called Rubira. It yep. says renowned seafood restaurant. I've never heard of it. Uh, I was going to say, have you ever heard of it? I've, I've never heard of it. So can nah, I look up Rubira now? Can I look up their menu? Please do. Please do. I'll continue on here. Yep. Uh, when the celebrations turned sour. Now, it wasn't Ross Lyon who was actually involved in the fight. It was a uh, a Melbourne Cup winning jockey, Brett Preble, was left bloodied after a fight broke out. So he won the 2012 Melbourne Cup, Brett Preble, and he was left blood splattered uh, across his shirt after he cut himself during the dispute inside the exclusive eatery. Have you ever seen a fight in a restaurant? No, and, and let alone in a, uh, a, a, a seafood restaurant. Like, uh, that would be very rare. Can we look up some of the entrees for Rubira? Uh, yeah. You get some Morton Bay bugs. Uh, I love a Morton Bay bug. $28.30. You get three of them. It seems like a weird amount. It's an odd amount to have twenty eight thirty. You get some marinated lamb cutlets for twenty six dollars. Yeah, see, I don't know why you're doing lamb when you're at a seafood restaurant. You know, you can get lamb any time of the day. But it's a good just, point. Yeah, unless you're going for your little bit, little bit of surf and turf, but just stick to your surf, mate. Well, what they do have for. a bit of stuff going on here. You get some duck for fifty five dollars. Thirty five, oh, sorry. Man, I'm not getting fucking duck at a seafood restaurant. That's like getting 
Seafood at a duck restaurant. You well, they got uh, it goes all over the shop. They got porterhouse, veal, chicken breast. Mm. So, I mean, I'm calling in the quality of uh, Ribera right now. Like, are they a seafood? Yeah. Well, like, what do they want to be? You know, like, like yeah. Ross probably said to them at the at the before the fight yeah, kicked off. He was like, "You have to make a <laughs> statement as a club. <laughs> like, what yeah. do you want to be? Yeah. Well, what kind of restaurant are you? Seafood? Then what? What's this shit doing here? I, I've never seen. I've never seen a chicken out at sea, mate. So what, what do you think that the fight came about? Like, what do you reckon? Okay, so it's Rossi's fifty-fifth. So he'd have a few um, Saints plays there, wouldn't he? Well, as you said, that uh, Michael Gardner was yeah. there, and it says, as as you said, that Mike, Michael Gardner acted as the peacemaker. So this is the man who once got fined for doing the uh, handcuff signals to. Oh, Remember he right. did that? Yeah. Threw, threw up the signs for uh, a bikey <laughs> friend of his who I think he was in prison. Yeah. So maybe that's where he learned some peacemaking um, uh, <laughs> things from that person. He's going, mate, this is how you keep the peace. He's like, I hear you, man. Just you kick him in the in the kneecap. And then you got a jockey. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I haven't heard about Ross being like, you know, part of the, uh, uh, being hanging around with, you know, colourful racing identities. Maybe his mates with uh, Dennis Pagan, who had a runner in the Melbourne Cup this year, who finished last. Did it? Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Imagine the bake that that horse cop. <laughs> <laughs> it would have copped the spray. It's been down Media Street. You're a pathetic horse. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> top it back. Is there, re- is there a reserves for horses? Like, <laughs> Does it have to go run around on like a fucking dirt track for a while? Yeah, but then if you're a horse, like you're already getting up at four thirty in the morning to train. So like, you know, what's mm. what's the equivalent of kicking the dew off for a horse? Yeah. It's like you gotta get True. up at one AM. Like Can you can you schnitzel a horse? <laughs> can you make it roll around in the sand and make it pay a price? So there's some kind of punch up with the jockey. Don't you feel like I mean, you know, full respect. Are you threatened by a jockey? Well, I have full respect to our jockey friends, you know. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we um the many you know, of them love and respect them, but surely if you're punching on with like a dude who's like four foot ten, like surely <laughs> you feel a bit weird about that. And then Michael Gardner walks in, and you're going, "Oh my god, <laughs> it's it's the BFG." Yeah, it's the, the biggest guy around. So it, I guess though, if unless it was like, because it doesn't say that it's a bit vague. This article it doesn't say was he punching on with another jockey? Because then everyone, you know what that I would. That's good lunchtime entertainment. If you mm-hmm. had jockey, pun, jockey punch-ons as a part of the like a theatre restaurant kind of thing, in between like your main and your dessert, you go, all right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the jockey punch-ons. I'm going to that restaurant. <laughs> so Ricky Nixon, our friend, has gotten the uh, mm. gotten trouble again. This time for parking fines uh, mm. by the fact that he was driving around his health van during COVID. Mm. And uh, picked up a lot of parking fines, uh, which I think in the end he pled guilty for and had to pay a bit. Um, but I know I've had my two jabs. Uh, did you uh-huh. get your two from Ricky and his van? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, I've got. I've had five so far. Yeah, sure. Because I, I mean, I yeah. wanted to come down to Melbourne. I couldn't at the time, but I wanted to come down to Melbourne to to get my jabs from Ricky and the van. So yeah, I just thought making sure, like you know, you got your two from him. So it says here, uh, the, brand, the, uh, the van is branded Vital Health Checks. And so looking at the photo of it, it says, we come to you, early detection and prevention. So it obviously goes around and must do like, I don't know, like blood pressure checks. And what else can, can he offer that you 
most likely you would need to go to a doctor to get this shit done. And they do. He sells PPE as well, so he's moving that shit. He's seen. He's seen the. He's um. He's seen money in the um, pandemic. He's gone. All right, Ricky the PPE man. Yeah, I think his big idea at, when it kind of kicked off was to sell masks and the like. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he sells face shields and uh, disinfectant and all kinds of stuff. And then I think last year maybe he was doing flu vaccines. Would that be correct? That is correct, yes. Yeah, sure. And now he got annoyed by the fact that he got parking tickets, which he took to court. Uh, and you know you're going well when you're taking parking tickets to court. Uh, but yeah. he got annoyed that um, uh, he felt like he was a medical service and therefore he should not have to be given tickets. Um, yeah, well, he says here, it says, M- Mr. Nixon told the magistrate he thought his health ambulance was exempt <laughs> from prosecution as he travelled around selling and distributing uh, PPE as part of a private mobile health business. So he's kind of seen himself as above the... He's an ambulance. He can run red lights. He can go wherever he wants. Ah, yeah, he can sure, park sure. where he needs to. Because, you know, there's someone out there who's called Ricky Nixon and said, mate, I need my blood pressure checked. And he's like... I'll be there in three minutes. He's run a few red lights. He's parked out the front of your house. He runs inside, offers life-saving blood pressure checks. <laughs> Probably puts a torch down your throat. Yep. You know, that makes you say, ah, can look in your ears with that little fucking light magnification thing. All the stuff that you need to save your life. And Ricky's right there. And he shouldn't have to pay. Um, I am disappointed that he paid those fines. Well, I find it interesting, like, you know, the sirens, the uh, vans, you know, mm. they're going, yeah, 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 but the Ricky Nixon van goes, toot, 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 toot. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's coming. But can you imagine, like, being in ill health, like, in any form of ill health, and you go, geez, okay, we've got a number, we'll call up the van, whatever, and then you walk up, and um, Ricky Nixon's there, and you go, uh, <laughs> this is not a what, quite what I planned. Yeah, no, I, I really, I should have gone to a doctor. Now that I'm, ha- I'm having second thoughts, now that Ricky Nixon has arrived in full PPE, I mean, the guy's very professional. But can you imagine, okay, can you imagine, okay, okay, if, even if you're the worst of days, you know, like you're horribly ill, okay, yep. and then Ricky Nixon is at the end of the syringe injecting it into your body. <laughs> You're just kind of like, yep. what, have, what have I done with my life right now? <laughs> what have I become? <laughs> oh, dude. Hey, um, we'll wrap up shortly, man, before we get to Coombsy, but um, Big yeah. Mummy might be coming back. How many times... This is his third unretirement. He's thinking of putting himself up for um, the GWS to be rookie listed, and I think, again, he's going to be like a coach who uh, will... Play if required, which is kind of what he did this season. And then he went, I'm cooked. Because he saw he could barely run in the last few games. Well, I think at the end of the um, 2018 Grand Final, when he played in that... No, 2019, sorry. They were all talking about, you know, Mummy was going to go and whack people by the fact that he's retiring. And so, you know, they'll like be frightened of him. And it didn't work out, obviously. But but yeah, a a third time, that's amazing. Yeah, I think it's about time that everyone just says to mummy, mate, just step away, buddy. And also, GWS, have a look at your fucking recruiting. Like, if this 35-year-old big bloke who can't run properly is your best choice... That's actually a really good maybe point. Maybe yeah. you need to look at your recruitment of your ruckman. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they'll find someone in the draft. Because um, we do have Coombsy coming up shortly, but... um. 
he does talk about, I don't know if it's the GWS pick, but there was someone who's about 201 centimetres. So mm. in the in kind of Coombs' kind of top five. So I wonder if that might be like the pick that the um, the Giants might be after. Yeah, but I, I, although also you, maybe you just do want Mummy around because he's fun to have. You yep. know, he's obviously he's obviously a, a well loved teammate, and to not have him on the list, they're maybe when they go into state, they're a bit like, no, this isn't as much fun. You know, yeah, we love sure. it when Mummy's here. I mean, Saturday night when you know you kind of yeah. they have a think and they go, should we get on the bags? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, the big fella around and he's not here and the players are just, um, you know, the morale's not as good. He's like their spiritual leader. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a really good point. And you can't just get rid of your spiritual leaders because they're hard to find. That's what they need to do at the draft combine. I know we talk about it shortly. But if you had your spiritual leader test. Like if there was a test, yeah. So obviously they do yeah. like, you know, the 40 metres. They do like the jumping and knocking yeah. the... I don't know what you call that, but the like, vertical yeah. leap thing. And they do the yeah. kind of reflex test, it's a beep you know. test. Yeah, but yeah, spiritual leader test. That'd be actually really interesting. So they just walk into a room and just see, like, uh, you know, is everyone paying attention to this guy? You know what? When you're in the room, do people around you get taller? <laughs> <laughs> they go, mate. I feel taller around this guy. They go, fucking hell, man. He's he's got spiritual leader written all over him. <laughs> Fucking do hell, you man. want to have a beer with him? Spiritual leader. Yep, sure. Yeah. Um, do you think this football player may host a breakfast radio show in the future? Spiritual leader. In Queensland. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. So just little things like that, that you go, yeah, th- this is the kind of guy we want around our club. <laughs> hey, Adam, before Coombsy, uh, footballers in real life? Hit me, mate. What's been happening in the offseason? Haven't off had it for a while, yeah. No. So from Brian, on the day that lockdown six was announced in Melbourne, my wife was in the city and planning to meet some of her friends for dinner. This was cancelled, so on the way home she made an early booking at a Greek restaurant next door to us. This restaurant had uh, closed during the first lockdown and had just reopened for the first time in over a year. Uh, I met her at the restaurant. Wait a second, so... so going to meet for dinner and that got cancelled and then went to another restaurant mm, she was going to meet other friends but then she met her partner maybe her other friends had you know to lock down six mate it was it was a snap thing so you just kind of went fuck what are we going to do okay uh i met her at the restaurant don't call in don't question brian's footballer in real life no but i was just like thinking like you know well they were going to meet at a restaurant and then they're like oh that got cancelled then we went to another But she was going to meet her friends. Yeah. And then she, that got cancelled. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I met her at the restaurant and as I was checking in, I heard a familiar, unmistakable voice uh, behind me reading through the wine list. It was none other than the Lambassador himself, Sam Kekovic. Oh, there you go. He ended up getting a $150 bottle of Shiraz. What the fuck? Uh, because he's doing very well for himself. Uh, Sam was with his partner two tables away and between us were two Russian women who Sam entertained over the course of the evening. (laughs) (laughs) At one stage, one of the Russians said, you have a very distinctive voice. Sam told them that his voice is his livelihood and told them how it allowed him to meet Donald Trump. You can Google it, Sam said. As I reached my phone, my wife slapped it away, but uh, I did look it up when I got home. I got the feeling that Sam was settling for an evening and wasn't going to let a snap lockdown <laughs> slow him down. I wasn't surprised to see Sam as he lives in the building opposite us 
Wayne Carey lived in the same building, but we haven't seen him in a while. There you go. Have you ever done a gig with Kekka? No, no, no. I do know that no. clip, though, where he met um, Trump. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say it was like maybe 2012, and he did okay. like a, a lamb thing with him. Like, yeah, did right. an interview, but it was like a, a promo for lamb. So he's quite well known uh, on the speaking circuit, like, you know, um, Sportsman's Nights and stuff like that. And apparently his set, I haven't seen it, is like rock solid, really funny, um, just great. But he has a thing where he's always like, I've got to fly, I've got to get out, you know, I've got to catch a plane. And so he always goes on first, which is really bad if you happen to be the comedian that's on after him. And friend of the show, Limo, was doing a gig with him one night. Set Keke, of course, goes on first. And he goes, all right, everybody, I'm out of here. And then he leaves and the crowd's like pissing themselves. Limo gets up and starts. And then Kekovich comes back in through the doors and goes, I forgot to tell a story. And then stands at the doors while Limo's on stage and and proceeds to destroy the room from the doors and like... People are losing their shit. And then he goes, all right, I'm out of here this time for good. And then just goes and then everyone just sort of turns around. And Limo's got to pick it up from there. Dude, dude, dude. Good times. Um, from Larry. Uh, Rory Lobb, uh, vegetable shopping at Woolies in South Romanto. All is forgiven. He didn't buy much. I followed him to see what else he was after. But he threw me a look in the oral hygiene aisle. <laughs> so I'm at a quick exit. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was accompanied by a, a photo. Uh, we we don't encourage uh, people to take photos of the footballers we in do. real life, um, we but we do encourage people to send in uh, stories about footballers in real life. Okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Larry. <laughs> From Sean. So Marcus Bontepelli, the Bont, and Jamara Hugo Hagen at St. Paradiso in Mount Lawley in Perth. Mount Lawley in Perth, I know that. Uh, mm. The boys, so it must be post-GF, uh, obviously. Yep. yep. Um, the boys were looking like great pals, having a, la- a ladsy day. Mm. No, lads. Um, so many douchebags walked up to the bond <laughs> and asked to get the photo with him, and he looked like he wanted nothing better than to chicken wing them. Oh, okay. Uh, he was very patient and obliged. Uh, great guy. Uh, I settled down just for staring at them for a long time. Uh, I settled just for staring at them for a long time. Yeah. Uh, have a great off-season, boys. Oh, that's to us. Or oh, could be to Jamara or Marcus, but very kind. Uh, probably to us. But the chicken wing has been taken out of our game, and I think that's just something that brought a little bit of fun and something to talk about. And I say, let's bring the wing back. Well, maybe you could do that with um, when you um, host on, uh, the on the couch. Yeah, you can yeah. Like, get a campaign going, like bring the chicken wing back, you know, like bring back the yep. beef. No, I, I think that's a fucking great idea. I was just trying to think of other, like, you know, one one elbow per game per player. I mean, I'd like to see eye gouging get more of a run <laughs> in Australian rules. Squirrel gripping's gone like yep. gone out of favour. You know, well, a lot of this stuff's tended to dry up when Tony Liberatore retired. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to hit the road. We're junk time for pot at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the gram. But um, hang around for our interview with Craig Coombs, taking us through the 2021 draft. See ya. Hey, it's our favourite episode of the year. Young Timers out there, we have the wonderful expert recruiter Craig Coombs giving us again, once again, his uh, draft preview. This year for 2021. Coombsy, how many times have we done this now? I have, I have like six or seven times now. Yeah, I reckon, so I reckon this is six, yeah. 
And we have been correct every oh, single time. We've got eight of the top ten. And Adam and I have got eight of the top yeah, ten every single time. It. Yeah, that's correct. Hey, <laughs> okay, so we, we with the junk timers out there, they love you with all their heart. Can we get a quick health update? Like, how you feeling, mate? You're okay? Like, did Melbourne, you know, the premiership kind of, you know, throw you for a loop or anything? Or? That's, uh, yeah, that's how we'd, the whole year, unfortunately, because... Sort of, oh, you know, I, I am blue and red in one part of me, which is in the you know, mighty Newcastle Knights in the league. So, you know, yeah. if I pretended that was right, um, London to a brick, I didn't think I'd be here this time uh, last yeah. year. Would be said to Rosie, would have bet you a thousand bucks, I'd be dead and buried. But um, here we go. Uh, uh, are you healthier than Port Adelaide's performance in the preliminary final? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're here, so yes, ever. you are. <laughs> <laughs> with a mangled liver, kidney, yeah. and um, cancer and lymph nodes. Yes. Yes, good, good. As a man who met you in about mid-2014 for the very first time and got to know you and you're a great friend, um, I mean, you know, you talk about your journey with uh, cancer and I must say you've gone a long way for the workers' comp that you've been getting over the years. <laughs> Gee, I, I absolutely wish. Yeah, you've I committed. mean, you could have just said, you know, Michael, yeah. can I be on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so can we backtrack a little bit over 2021? It feels like it's been, you know, three years ago yeah. now. Hey, you know, the day goes so slowly. But um, uh, do you think the right team won the flag in the end of the day? Yeah, well, they're the only team went through the whole year in the top four. I mean, when you do that, I think you pretty much deserve it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And, and um, they played like it. And how do you see the future maybe for the Doggies or for Port or for Geelong? I think, I mean, look at the Bulldogs are in marvellous shape because of what they've, they've done with their list. Uh, and, you know, playing the grand final, you're going to get big three. It's not bad going, is it? It's normally reserved for the teams who fail. Um, they're in good shape. Geelong, I, I, you know that premiership window? Mm. I, th- I think it's um, pretty much shut and you can throw that premiership clock out the window. I just, I think their ageing stars are just, just going to battle. Do you find it strange that someone like Geelong would... Um... Offload someone like Charlie Constable, who you, you would get a game in almost any other team, struggled to get in there, and they probably weren't that happy with his defensive efforts. But to give up someone like that, who you know can play, when you've got an ageing list, do you find that just an odd choice? And same with Jordan Clark. You're giving up young, good depth. I think that's a dangerous thing to do, and you're just putting all your eggs in one basket, which I thought that basket was this year. Yeah, so did they. I think that's... Oh, yeah, and I reckon they went all in, and so I, I really don't know where that leaves them. And look, Segler's a good pickup, and that's going to really solve, I think, one of their major problems. But how much more can Selwood, Hawkins, and Dangerfield do with their aging bodies? I mean, yeah. we we all know what an aging body does. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. is there a chance that they could find like a, a Gary Rowan clone out there to really, you know, um, someone else who can help let them down? I mean, I think, I think you'll find his called. I think I think you'll find his name is Mister September. <laughs> you're true, true. He's like he's he's everything that Dusty Martin wishes he could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I yeah, Port Adelaide also. I they didn't do a lot in the in, in the trade period and 
draft-wise. So, so I think they're just, again, they're chucking their eggs in the same basket and they're just hoping the natural improvement from, you know, Dersmo, Rosie and and Butters which and Georgiades, which will come. I, I reckon yeah. those guys bona fide stars. So yeah. I, I think they're going to be in okay shape. And so- I, feel like, uh, I feel like, you know, Port, two prelims in a row, Geelong have had a lot of prelims but haven't managed to get through to the, you know, that final day of September. Um, Melbourne kind of come from, you know, nowhere where I put that in inverted commas and then the dogs. Like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like Geelong is like that team that kind of, you know, the little train that could, you know, like chugging along, but like they just can't get there, can they? And then eventually you do have to just kind of cash in and just be like, we have to not start from scratch, but start from 50% maybe. Yeah, well, they've lost Stephen Wells, and then there's been a few changes. You know, Knight, Scarlett, Enright as well. I think, you know, guys have been staples there are gone. So, I don't know, something's brewing. Something, I don't know. And what's your take on the absolute and utter stability at Carlton and how they've gone about uh, their changes over the (laughs) off-season? Look, uh, (laughs) Hewitt's a good pick-up. I reckon he's a good Mm. player. Are you a Vossi fan? Yes. I think second time around, he's going to be better. Um, And he's, you know, Port Adelaide people will tell you the difference what he's made. Um, I think Chera's a good player. Um, uh, The issue is losing Liam Jones, I think, is... uh, That's huge. It's uh, going to be an issue, isn't it? They got that young guy from uh, the Bulldogs. Is that Mitch Mitch Young? I think I can't remember his name. Lewis Young. Lewis, Lewis Young. Young. Uh, Lewis Young, who I'm guessing will take Liam Jones' spot, or they got Caleb Marchbank to come back. So they've got some players down there, and there's talk that maybe Mitch McGovern will go back and be like his brother at West Coast. I mean, I wasn't surprised about Liam Jones leaving by the fact I saw him um, carrying uh, a gallows for <laughs> last weekend. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just not sure that Mitch McGowan's going to be like his brother. I mean, no, no, seconds, I no. put together. It. There is some talent there, but Liam Jones. I heard that he was going to vaccinate himself, but he missed the target by thirty meters. I think we talked about a little bit when, uh, or messages back and forth when it happened, but like the Clarko Mitchell um, handover. I think I talked on the pod a few. A few episodes ago, that I, I love trade. I love trade radio, but I actually haven't listened to it a great deal. And so, excuse me, I Continental think, Tires trade radio. Michael, have some respect. <laughs> yeah, I put my hand up. Put yeah. my hand up. That's on me. Um, but I think I tuned in for it one day, and like the uh, for within about five minutes, the very first call was a guy who said, uh, "Do you reckon the uh, Mitchell Clarkson try uh, con- uh, what do you call it? succession plan got a bit messy?" And I was like, that, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but how, 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 what's your kind of expert view on that? Like, uh, you know, did it need to be done? And I'm going to say probably you have mail. Don't name me mailman, but you probably have mail. How do you feel about the uh, succession plan? I think I gave you that mail that it was going to happen. <laughs> all, all, the, all, the, all the words coming out of there were not right. The, the words where he was leaving and Mitchell was taking over and that was just a, a done deal. It, it, it was done deal long uh, middle of the year, I reckon, but um, I don't think it was handled too great. <laughs> yeah. I think it may be kind but, of 
uh, my feeling was like, I'll hear your feeling shortly, but like my feeling was that maybe it felt like they wanted to get rid of Clarko, but didn't want to have to pay him an extra 900 grand to do nothing. So that was more their maneuvering of like, you know, let's keep him for another year, but Mitchell definitely has, has the job at the end of the day. Yeah, and there was no way knowing Clarko would agree to that. Yeah, sure, sure. He's not staying on. And but it look, I oh, think you never know Clark with Clarko. You know, you think maybe this time, maybe he's gonna be a good bloke once. And I mean, you know, he shocked everyone by not being that, but you just you gotta you gotta roll the dice <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> no, I, I everybody that has spoken about Sam Mitchell said it's gonna be a great coach. Yeah, cool. Great, great. I mean, didn't didn't Wesco say something about that? He was part of the main reason yeah. their midfield done so well and got to the premiership. So, look, I'll I'll back him in, and I think uh, I think we'll see that they'll improve a bit this year too. And then it's probably this year's going to be or next year, sorry, it's going to be their learning year and the year after is when you'll see sort of main uh, improvement in the Hawks. But, All um, I'm hearing though is that Hawthorne won't be back in the finals in the next few years, and that I mean that just brings joy across the league. <laughs> really, it just it bonds all other seventeen teams. Together as one. <laughs> I mean, I think it's the first year since 05, I think, that we've got a f- number five pick. I'm not making the Hawthorne podcast right now. But I think we have three in the top 24, if I'm right, but we'll get to that. Um, but, and I had you see the trade period. Like, um, I mean, we, we had the excitement of last year. Like, it seemed like every day there was something going on. And there was another fuckwit calling into the Continental Tires. <laughs> <laughs> But um, but it, it seemed a bit quiet. Do you think there may be a reason for that? Like, is there is that maybe a COVID thing or something? Am I being a dummy guy bringing that up, or like, are they? Oh, yeah. It was not plus, wasn't it? It was just seriously all these talk about this big move going to happen and just nothing. I just think it was one of those ones where every club was like, yeah, we'll just this do, you know, we'll keep that. It's safer. It's safer. It's safer. Um, and COVID has made an impact on clubs, absolutely made a huge impact on some clubs. Um, the list depth and with the coaching changes, with soft cap issues, these things that clubs haven't had to deal with, all of a sudden it was thrown at them out of nowhere. Some haven't handled it well, some have. And I think it's like, a you know, let's just stay where we're at, get everything back on track. And I think you'll see at the end of 2022, we'll go back to some decent trades and, and um, bigger trades and you know, more impact. And what did you make of the Hugh Greenwood delisting Gold Coast, hoping to relist him as a rookie and sort of sort of shuffle some money around? And then North Melbourne swooping in over the weekend and picking him up. And then could he actually take us through like that rule, like maybe if the junk time is out there, like kind of how that rule works. Well, I know it's happened a few times where clubs have delisted and picked them back up in a dr- rookie draft or something, but. Could you maybe take us through the detail of how that happens? Yeah, sure. It's because the AFL mandate is that you have to have three picks in every draft, which I remember back in 2003, uh, Choco, with the list with Port, we finished on top two years in a row. It, it was, we got a perfect list. I don't want to change them. And Belks and Alan Stewart, like, you have to have three picks. I mean, 20, 2002, 2003, we're going to lose prelims. I've got a plan. It was like, keep the list. And they were like, no, you have to. I don't want to pick three. I don't want to pick one. I'm happy. And then Port had to delist a couple of blokes that Schofield might have been one and re-rookied and, and whatnot. Look, the general rule of thumb, and I'm with, with Rosie on this one, um, general rule of thumb is everyone lets it happen for the clubs because every club understands they may have to go through it. 
with shuffling some decks to have those picks the AFL tell you. So you move a guy into the rookie list, uh, you, sorry, delist the guy, and you bring him back through the rookie list, and then, of course, promote him onto your main list. So was this a complete and utter low-dog act by the North Melbourne Football Club? <clears throat> In the history it's like of- a gentleman's agreement to go, yeah, they're untouchable, Correct. they're going to be delisted to be relisted. And we don't touch them. It's like you do, you know, if you, if you in, to put it in, you know, parlance that everyone's understands, you delist them and you don't touch another man's wallet. And clearly, here, what North Melbourne has done is touched <laughs> another man's wallet. Yeah, yeah. They are the Gary Lyon of the of the <laughs> AFL. Uh, but inside that wallet, they've added a little bit of the folding, I think. But there's mm. there's two tank, two people who are involved in this, not just North. Greenwood had to have something to do with it. Ah, okay. Nice little conspiracy theory right there. But I, I feel like, didn't they add maybe a year or two to his contract as well? Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. And that was the sweetener, I think. So he just jumped and went, okay, cool. I'm going to get three out of you two. I'll go. But he's got to agree to They can't just take him. He's, he's got to yeah, sign yeah. on his form what he wants. So Greenwood also is involved in this and went, I'm taking it. And he will say, security, I want to get back to Melbourne, all that. But prior to North raising it, didn't he send out a tweet or something? Yeah. Same contract, same deal, same everything. Nothing to see. See your pre-season training. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it... So he's lied on social media. That, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot <laughs> going on here. But uh, do, you, do you feel like maybe that's like a bit of a nice move from North by the fact, you know, they finished bottom, you know, they've, you know, they've had a rough go of it in recent years. And it's like that's they're smart. kind of playing a bit of, you know, well, no they holds know barred what, kind of thing. They're like, fuck it, if you're yeah. free, we'll take you. Yeah. Well, they, I reckon going into it, they probably weren't sure what would happen. They probably raised the question to him go, hey, listen, if we offered you two at this sort of coin and thrown a third, would that be something of interest in his company in that young list? Yeah. Knowing that they're going to have pick one, knowing the yep. player they're going to pick, they will like a bigger body inside to help him. Smart move. Yeah. It's just a strange one because, as Rosie said, don't touch another man's wallet. But when it's got a lot of cash in it, you grab the wallet. Yeah, that's very <laughs> true. And also, they, they were saying that uh, it was David David Noble, the North Melbourne coach. It was his wife that alerted uh, Noble to it and said, "Hey, he's being delisted. You should have a look at this bloke." So she's doing a little bit of list management down there as well. Seriously, that was um, <clears throat> quite funny. I thought, <laughs> um, yeah, but and he knew Noble from his Adelaide days. And yeah. Tom Lynch being there, he knew him. So okay. there'll be that talk, you know, oh, I knew him, I knew him, I'm comfortable. But two days before, you're very comfortable at the Gold Coast too. So, you know, gentleman's agreement. Well, but- I mean, I mean, the only okay, only setback I imagine is that Melbourne doesn't have a um, uh, Madame Tussauds. So that will be you know, yeah. hard to adjust to for, yeah, for a, you know, season player. But uh, we're mentioning North Melbourne. They've got well, the it's, a, it's a waste of a King Tut's um, putt putt membership for him. Super fast at the, uh, at the uh, movie world. Yeah, there's no. Uh, but, well, in, Melbourne, got... in Melbourne, there's no 4D cinemas. He's got to go back to two dimensions down here. It's, a, it's, a, it's an adjustment for him. Uh, Talking North, why don't we actually kick off with your, your top five? So North have the number one pick. Um, yeah. And. And and I mean I mean this will make Collingwood supporters hate us with a passion, but in a, a great deal of Schadenfreude, 
they traded their future first uh, <laughs> to the Giants. And it's like Giants have picked two. But, yeah, how about you yeah, take us through your top five, mate? And and actually, very quickly, before yeah. I want to jump into it, like um, and, and a second year mainly for Victorian players, like Victorian kids who would, would have been 16 and looking getting drafted this year. Are they behind the eight ball? Like, you know, most of the other country, uh, countries, well, we're, we actually are yeah. based in five or six different countries in this country. Um, are they behind the eight ball in terms of like, you know, they haven't been able to play for a great deal? Um, how, how's it looking for the um, Victorian players who, you know, some of them haven't been able to get on the field for like nearly, you know, two years yeah. properly. Yeah. Firstly, I apologise that we're not doing top ten this year because... Oh, I haven't had the physical capability of following everyone and the list that I normally do grab, you know, 50 or 60 kids' names and should we go see it? them play. Should we, which, should we cut uh, it off now? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that I, I haven't even had the time to do the video because of my health. So I'll be just chopping to the top five with the group that I have been following throughout the year once those names sort of come up. Um, so you're right. That's and, and part of the reason you're not getting out to see kids play in Victoria is making it hard. Mm. So there's going to be diamonds in the rough here late, and there's going to be blokes early that you'll scratch your head and go, "How come?" But because they've never had to do all this. And there was a session put on last week down at Sandringham for some the Vic Country and the Vic Metro kids just to have a bit of a kick around and a bit of a light skill session, so they could be seen. Mm. Um, and it did actually help in regards to a couple of guys that looked and got, geez, you've had another couple of centimetres, you put on some weight. So um, it, it, it will impact. There's no doubt it will impact, but, you know. And also, will there, will there be a lot of judgments made on what they did, say, two years ago when they were 16? And anything can happen in those, you know, that following 18 months, you know, they might develop into a really good player or just be like, fuck, they were good at 16 and that was their peak, like me. Yeah, and that... That's the <laughs> that's the normal uh, system anyway. You're following from their 16s and yeah, and um, you know get a gauge on them. But this this is where you're gonna the only way you can go and go. Well, 16, he was this and he was that, and you know, we've got a bit of history on him. And look, there's probably been some private testing going on. Um, uh, I've seen 16 year old kids. You think, geez, you're going to be a superstar, and by the time it gets to 18 year old, they can't get a kick. Um, man bodies, things like that. Yep. And so when they are um, going to the combine now, they're not going to be uh, skinfold tests. They're going to, they can't tell the, the tubby kids from the, the athletic kids. So what's your take on that? You get a little pudding, you, you can, you're not allowed to say anything about it. I kid you not, at a draft camp, I won't name the player, but he was carrying a little bit. Sure, Jess. <laughs> no, 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 no. Still, like the, cal- the calipers couldn't get around poor Stewie. That's okay. Uh, he he looked a little bit on the heavier side, and and I I knew the guy and had a bit of a chat, and was like, "How's your hamstring?" And he goes, "The fraction tire." I said, "Don't test." <laughs> and it was because it also looked like he was carrying a bit, and was like, you know, if it's going to slow you down or impair you. Um, it's probably not going to be a good thing. So getting rid of the uh, the skin folds, I'm all for that. Yep. <laughs> it's a very, very unfair way to treat people because their body size. Exactly. This might be a really stupid question, but with the draft combine that they traditionally have over the years, do you actually have to do that? Like, do you have to be 
do you have actually have to do it to be drafted or can you just not do it at all? Well, plenty of guys have foregone it. Um, they would have to give a reason, not for testing. Yeah. Um, it's one of the most fascinating things to go to. I used to love it. And you'd feel the pressure on the kids, you know. Here they are ready to do their 30-metre sprint. You've got 16 clubs with three or four guys all huddled around watching them. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, you're going to have this pressure. And they do that sprint. I'm sure you've seen it. They pull up and nearly hit the wall. And, yeah, yeah. You know, all the beat tests. You see guys throwing up. And the kid's like, oh, please, you know. You know, I, I had something to eat. You know, it's, I'm not unfit. And you're like, no, that's all good, mate. Don't worry. Yeah. The pressure on them. Pressure on them is enormous. I'm a vertical leap enormous. fan myself. Uh, and by that logic, <laughs> would there be uh, maybe if there was a player that a club was trying to hide, would they say don't go to the combine? Yeah, years ago. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Now I don't think it. Now I don't think it's so easy. I think everyone's got you know feelers everywhere. Rather than say don't go, couldn't you just say, mate, just take it easy in the beat test. We know you're good. We're going to take you. Maybe just blow it out oh, yeah. a little bit, you know. Maybe yeah. don't jump as high as you want to. Maybe run into the wall like you can't stop like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, mate, that does all happen. And then the other one is interview poorly. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, there's a famous one that we were told, Port, when they walked in the room, the guy was sitting in a chair, you know, rocking back with his arms folded. And they're like, Okay, because normally when the two head recruiting guys walk in, you'd stand up and say, hello, bow. Mr. Coon. Bow. Hello. <laughs> yes, and, and time yeah, to hand over a bag of cash. Yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, yeah. That you share. And when, it, when that famous question, where do you think you'll be in 10 years' time, you know, you want these wonderful answers. Mm. Oh, you know, and thinking, you know, I'll be, you know, 180-game player, blah, blah, blah. Oh, probably a plumber. Yeah. Probably a plumber walked out of the room. Two clubs got together and said, "Did someone so interview Paul for you? Yep, you. Yep, yeah. Okay, he's been got at." And the club who we thought had got at him ended up drafting him. And you know when they do that interview afterwards, it was like we can't believe he slipped to that pick. It's like you know, and we're going, "Oh, we can believe it because you sabotaged him with a poor interview and a poor leap." And a poor boot test, like, get out. And he's Everybody, a shit ass plumber. <laughs> he will be. I think he may have ended up being, no, no, I don't know where he ended up. He didn't yes, play he 180 did. games. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't play 180 games. Well, why don't we kick into your number one, mate? And, okay, um, all right. You a bit of footage maybe about a month ago of a player that you reckon might be number one. And, uh, and I, I watched his highlights reel and I was, very excited, <laughs> not going to my club, obviously, but I was like, yeah. this guy looks like a gun. Yeah, and I think everyone understands and knows that he's had an advantage playing in South Australia. Yeah. So Jason Horn francis will be called out by North Melbourne. They ain't got no point in putting bids on. They've never had a number one pick. Let him take the number one, give him the $10,000 that the AFL give him. Um, mate, he's a dead set jet, as you saw, Chambo. He... He does everything. He does everything and does it well. Um, it, it's one of these kids without a weakness. And again... So midfielder. Oh, yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 185, 81, you know, almost the perfect size already. Yeah. Inside, outside, he kicks goals. Was that vision that you saw, Chomo, the one where he dodged around nearly everyone on the oh, field? No, that, and- that was footage I sent of me playing to you. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, good, um, good try. But, um, but I came back with you saying like a bit of a Nathan Fife kind of field. Do you reckon that won't be the area, or am I off the mark there? No, you you were close, but you're not quite who the player is like. You and idiots. I tried to do that. I tried to do that as well. I sort of thought, who is this guy like? And it, it I clicked. It was me. Like when I was his age, I thought, that's who you like. <laughs> you, you are like me. Because the thing is, although there's no vision of me playing, so you're just going to have to take my word for it. Uh-huh. But but he was similar to me in that he didn't trust his teammates with the footy. So just dodge around everyone. <laughs> yeah. Take five or six bounces, swing around on the 50, kick it. Don't look once you've kicked it, just run back to the middle. And that's what I've done. I think most of my footy career because I didn't trust my teammates. So. And so, was every a clubs bothering to talk to him now by the fact that North have number one pick? Are they going like why bother? Or they North have spoken to him and told him that he's going to be picked up. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Okay. But, but clubs will still do it in the lead up to. You have to do it in case you know in case someone did offer that massive deal to North in the last minute and they went, okay, we'll take it. Yeah, um, sure. So yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll so those clubs yeah. still got to do it. Has yeah. always been done. And do you yeah, see think, him, yeah. him like playing from round one? And do you see more as inside or outside midfield for uh, North? Because they've got Greenwood in there now and they've got Cunnington. So they've yeah. got a couple of good inside. Yeah, he'll be named captain, coach, and um, probably Hall of Famer. Is that round one? <laughs> yeah, he'll play round one. Yeah. As good as Sam Walsh? Oh, better. All right, this hey, is, can this I is, this bring is up? I'll have a bet with you. <laughs> can I bring quickly? Um, Jamara was fine this year, but didn't nail it. Like, do you think there's a reason for that, or like, did he kind yeah. of you know, fulfil your expectations? Like, you know, obviously, tough being a number one pick, and you know, it doesn't work. You know, it's not like you play every game every week. But like, is it going okay for him? I. He's a jet. He's an absolute superstar, and he will prove it this year when he gets a proper preseason. He yeah. walks straight into an injury. Then he got a concussion. The yeah. Bulldogs are going so well, and like everyone's going, he's got to get in. But to be honest, there was no spot for him. And I chucked him in just to give him the a bit of a look and out. He did have a couple of good games. Yeah. I think yep. he. I think he's he's going to turn out to be a jet. You watch this year, you know, with that natural improvement with him, and he'll get you know Sam Darcy with him, and yep. Now, Chamber, I think you overlooked there. He also had the breakup with Mia Favola. So that is going to throw anyone's Ooh. season off the rails, you know, the poor fella. So, you know, he's not he's not featuring in any Instagram posts at the moment. Like, he's probably <laughs> depressed. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, the reality is, too, like, I can see, like, an Adam, like, you know, I mean, Hodgie probably didn't really make his mark till, like, sheesh, 04, 05. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. And also, too, he's a key, key position player. So he's got, to, he's got to bulk up and, you know, yeah. he's going to get out-muscled out for a couple of years before he puts some, you know, weight and on. And when Juddy won the Brownlow in, when Juddy won the Brownlow in 04, everyone's like, oh, well, geez, the Hawks fucked up. Big deal. And uh, Luke Ball was, you know, playing regular football. And um, um, so, yeah, I know, yeah, it takes time, obviously. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've seen him on the field next year. Um, so, number two, yes. so for the Giants. The GWS, they'll make they'll put in a bit on day cost. They have to, okay. um, and just to make Collingwood pay for it even more after taking that pick off them. Yep. <laughs> be like, all right, throw up all your points that you've tried to accumulate, and Collingwood will match it. This time last year, we did say Nick Day cost to be the number one, and he probably he would have played with Collingwood this year. So it'll be a walk up start round one there for sure. 
Um, do you think it's a fair system? So basically Collingwood have to give up a bunch of points like draft picks at the back end. Do you think that that actually equates to what is essentially, you know, the number two pick that they give up, you know, a couple of second rounders? Do you reckon that's a fair system? No, I think if you're looking at a guy where it is, it should be, you know, more based on where they are going in regards to picks. Um, And if you're looking at it early on, you know you're going to have that guy. You should have to give up more points, which uh, was a second-round pick or a third-round pick. They're getting pick 60 and 80 and add them all together. But I don't know if there's an easy way to do it. I really don't. But I think they should have to give up more knowing where he's come from. And he's he's like number one pick is just everything inside, outside, kicks, goals. Um, ESPN, I noticed, done a thing like a players-like thing, trying to match up with guys. And I thought I'd have a look at that. And they actually had him like a Zach Merritt. So, okay. you know, okay. gets the footy a, a truckload and, and tends to do something with it. And I looked and thought, yeah, I, I reckon that's, you know, not a bad comparison. So. And do you think that Collingwood will throw him straight into the midfield? Like, they've got a... A little bit of depth in there, like they've got Taylor Adams and side bottom and Pendle still in there. So will they be able to rotate him on a wing and just kind of ease him into it a bit more than say North Melbourne can afford to? Yeah, you would you would hope so. But this kid's good enough. I think yeah. he's I think yeah, I think he'll really make an impact. And I think you'll see Jack Crisp go through the midfield a little bit more and yep. Pendles might slide down half back a bit more. That'll open up time for Dacos. Maybe not straight away. Yeah, um, and that might be the plan. Look, McRae is a very smart coach. Everyone loves him. He'll, you know, um, he'll do the right thing for sure. Absolutely. And you feel like it might be time for Pendles to kind of like move into that maybe kind of half back kind of role, like yeah, yeah, and you know, kind of, yep. um, and yeah, move people through that midfield so they can get experience and get games and all that kind of stuff. Um, because the year goes on, yep. yeah. So we've got Josh Dacos at number two uh, from GWS, you know, forcing their hand. Are GWS allowed to bid again? Are they allowed to go for um, Luke Darcy's kid, Sam, next? Not only are they allowed to, not only are they allowed to, they will. They will? You can do do whatever, as many bids in a row, there's no stopping you. So they will call Darcy (laughs) at three because he would be brilliant for them. He would be a great pick for them. And Bulldogs will swoop in. And throw uh, all their back end of picks at him too, and he's two hundred five and ninety five. Man, what wow. a lad! And he he can grab it. Just go and have a look at his. Oh, it's, it's pretty athletic. But when he clunks, you know one of those. I don't know. Oh, the oh, ESPN said Max King. You know that bang when they mark the footy. Yeah, really, yeah. Yeah. Hit, hit it like hard to let everyone know. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm actually being for the first time ever. I'm being yeah, deadly serious. Yeah. Levi Caswell has the best hands a, in the comp, I reckon. He has a clunk, but he won't kick it into his own head like Levi's done before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's one of those things like when you mark it and hit the ball really hard. Like a Nick Rewalt used to like to do it to, so others could hear the ball being clunked mm-hmm. to know, hey, I've got this. Yeah. And hit Nick Rewalt. You know, yeah, no, he really could hear that, but he couldn't that. hear Heath Shaw coming up behind him in a fucking. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Dude, I mean, I mean, fuck, man. Nick Rewalt has been fucking laying awake at night for <laughs> oh, mate, at that moment. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah. Like, although, oh. although he can fill it a salmon exceptionally well. So <laughs> I don't think he cares about that anymore. Yeah, I think, I think if he wins Celebrity Master Chef, he'll be over it if he hasn't already won it. I'm if, sorry. if okay. yeah, he's already won it. Yeah. <laughs> Now, 
if Sam does, he does go to the Western Bulldogs, which he will at pick three. What does that um, What does that mean for uh, Tim English? Do you reckon they'll offload him in a couple of years, or just look to you know see no. if anyone wants him? Yeah, I have him. Jeez, no, no. This guy from I think when originally English. His younger days, we thought he was going to be a forward, mm. and they kept playing a ruck. And I kept saying he's going to be a really good centre forward. That's going to be so hard to match up on because of his height. And I think they'll end up going. They'll keep English, absolutely keep him, and try to. I mean, in a couple of years' time, when Jumara and when Sam Darcy have learnt their trade a bit, Bob Aaron Norton, you're going to centre back. You reckon? And I don't. I, well, that's where he played all his junior footy. But he's such a good he, forward. He was, but he was a great centre back, yeah, and he okay. will be a better centre back. Imagine kicking the ball out to him. Yeah, yeah, he's beautiful. Contest in, in, in two more years' time, when the guy's like twenty-five and played what? It, mate, it's going to be a great setup for Bulldogs. Darcy Jamara and English down there. They'll draft or trade for another ruckman along the time. Um, and they got Norton and Senar back. Boom, baby. Dude, that's a beautiful fresh, uh, future for the dogs, hey? Like It is. It is. I mean, they've kind of gone from that kind of premiership and then they've, you know, dipped down a little bit, all fair, but, you know, then come back to the grand final. It's like, fuck, man, look at their f- next five-year plan. You go, jeesh. Like, yeah, they're yep. looking good. They've got some serious depth yeah, in the midfield. And you don't see Sam Darcy as a ruckman. It, well, down track, possibly he he could as well, I suppose. But at the moment, as a forward, and Chamber, I think I think that was a recruiting term to use there for a very good player. Sheesh! Like that's, um, that's another one you've done well there. So yeah, well, the ones we had when when you very first appeared on the show, yeah, and you talked about you know going to games and writing notes in your book, and it was like yeah. like sleeps with the night sleep. So with the light two, on, yeah. yeah, yeah. Two, two lights on. People looking over your shoulder. Yeah, there was. And I had to change it. A bit windy. <laughs> bit windy. It's, uh, yeah, very windy and sleep. I know oh, a couple of guys are sleep with three lights on. That's a windy day. Well, no need to talk about Adam like that now. Yeah, I know. It's, it's terrifying going to bed. So we're moving on to pick four for Adelaide. Um, yeah. No, GWS, you mean? GWS, they've still got their pick. <laughs> Oh, wait a second. Let me get it right. I don't want to get it right. Um, so we've got North, GWS, Gold Coast, Adelaide. Yeah, GWS. Yeah, but they've been bumped down, mate. Right? Yeah, they've done oh, the two. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mate, yeah. have you been listening to this podcast? I'm sorry. I, uh, I've just been watching highlights of Hawthorne's three-peat, so I have to... <laughs> I'm still hanging on, Adam. Yes, you are. So... Pick four is still GWS. Okay. They will nominate. They will nominate. No, they won't nominate another one. They'll, they'll go. This is a hard pick. Was a hard pick. I really juggle with with this one with GWS. Just quickly um, before you get to the actual pick, what would you have said was GWS's main um, issue that they need to fix pretty quickly? Forward. Okay. So they need to, uh, to replace Jeremy Cameron essentially. Yes. Okay. Now I have. Being helped out a lot with GWS uh, playing group and, and their strengths and weaknesses and all that sort of stuff uh, by Alex Williams. Do you know Alex? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Friend yeah, of the show. Yeah. Well, ripping bloke. And since last year's show, he got in touch and we've kept in touch. I would think weekly about football. Yeah, cool. Um, he, he's an exceptionally knowledgeable young man. Yeah, yeah. He's also a GWS ambassador, but he yeah. really does know the list so well. So. He was extremely helpful to me and he tipped me into a couple of guys that I've 
I've done some work on. In the end, um, I think they're going to call Callahan out the big midfielder. He grew two centimetres uh, apparently by Thursday. And <laughs> when he turned up, he was 191. Um, and I think a lot of people were like, what? <laughs> um, that's a big midfielder. And um, I think where we're ESPN said he's a bit Jack McRae like. I think he's more Bontempelli like. Oh, um, that's a big call, it, man. Yeah, fuck. It, go and watch left foot. Go and watch him when he gets away from traffic. Not in. He gets away from them and turns. Oh. And seriously, watch his highlights. Beautiful, big. Uh, he's tall. He's an inside mid. He's the prototype midfield. I think that people are going to build it on. Yeah. Why? Yep. Why would they take another midfielder? Like this is a team that has you know loses players on a regular basis from that midfield because they just can't crack into it. Yep. They can't get a game. Yep. And yet they yep. do need someone up forward. Is it just the best available? You have to pick four. You've got to go the best player. Yeah. Yeah. You really can't take a risk of trying to get a development forward or try to make. You can't. I was close to to going another way with it. Um, for that reason, yeah. but in the end, I think Callahan's height, Finn Callahan, the way he plays, yep, he'll play out in the wing for them to start with, probably and move through, which means one of their other midfielders will probably have to become that half forward, small forward to help Toby Green. In. Well, which is what Tim Taranto kind of did a couple of times towards the end of the year. But what, what do you think it spells for um, Stephen Coniglia? Like, is he in big trouble at that club? Uh, I honestly thought he'd be traded, um, but he's got another chance. Maybe they might try to turn him into that smaller forward. That might be the role he has a crack at first up. Yeah. I, I don't know, but um, geez, they've got a good depth in their list, though. Oh. With the, you know, the amount of defenders they lost and had other guys come in and do great jobs, young blokes. Cummings and Ash were great this year. Yeah, and that goes so well. Sproud done a job. Uh, Stein, it just, yeah. I mean, and then you add that midfield, Jacob Hopper, underrated, like an absolute bull, that bloke, mm. and then throw Tom Green in, who, uh, you know, picked 10 a couple of years ago, I think he was, and we had him in our top four that year, so yeah. Yeah, I think he's yeah, moved up the scale. Correct, yeah, we got that Yes, we did, Chambo. We harked back two years draft, and one bloke you were keen on is now a premiership player. Yeah, yeah, my mate. Yeah, yeah, no, I love Zaya Pickett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zaya Pickett was was Chambo's call. Yeah, yeah, no, no. You, you sent me the highlights, and I was like, he's and you you were on him. Still two point oh. Yeah, amazing. That, that draft two years ago, two thousand nineteen, Melbourne have pulled three premiership players now. Yeah, Luke wow. Jackson, because yeah. Pickett, and Trent Trent Rivers, good get. In, uh, Two years. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you don't normally be a premiership player unless you play at Richmond in two years. I mean, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I went with Callahan. Great get. Thanks, okay. Alex Williams, for, for tipping me in. <laughs> so that Good. leaves us at number five. And this is the okay. Crows. Now in. the Gold, Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Okay. Rightio. Yeah, this is where I was tossing up. Hugh Greenwood. <laughs> you know that bad way that the, uh, uh, number five at the Gold Coast the curly whirly fries <laughs> free pass the dream world <laughs> I'm going to pull one out of the hat and I reckon he's going to jump up the, up the draft board is Mac Andrew at five Mac. and he was one I was 
Mac Andrew. Mac. Okay. What's he do? Academy, Academy kid at North uh, Melbourne. And inside 20, they can't do anything about it. Can't be called by Melbourne. Is that right? Did they change that rule after Jamar Eugle Hagen? They changed that rule last year, yeah. Inside yeah. 20, can't match the bid. So uh, off he goes. And he's the late bloomer. He is 201 and 77. Mate, he's the X Factor player in this whole thing. He, when he does ruck work, there's some vision of him. And he's the, the second ruckman's head is at his hip. The guy is contesting. Yeah. yeah. The centre bounce stuff is killing him. Now, around the ground's going to be an issue at AFL footy because at 77 kilos, he'll be pushed off. 77. It's like a. Dude, yeah, I mean, but, it's like about a metre taller than me. And I think I might be about 77. And I'm like, mate, I want to yeah, fight that guy. And I think I'll win. Yeah. Okay. Mate, mate, you're, not, you're not 77, mate. <laughs> Lockdown was very kind to you, buddy. <laughs> he can clunk the ball. He's athletic. He's going to be a player. He would have been great at GWS too. And I yeah. thought maybe they might roll the dice and go with him because of what you were saying before, Rosie. Yeah. All those good midfielders. But in the end, I think Callahan's other is like just take Callahan, he's that good. But I, I think MacAndrew's only a struck match behind him. Um, and in the ESPN plays like, they've got Paddy Ryder. I think he's Okay. Yeah, I, I think he's more athletic than Paddy Ryder was at the same age. And, He's going to be a ruckman, hopefully, eventually, but he's a bit light. But at Gold Coast, the other reason why I think they may take him is because when they lose Ben King, they'll have, you know, a big ruck forward. Well, Ben King will go, I need to play with Max. Isn't that not a fait accompli or am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the talk. But um, how, do you, how do you think the Gold Coast, you think it's done? I think he'll go for sure. Yeah, right. Within well, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Contract at right now, like with yeah, I think he's got one more year I, to go. Yeah. yeah, I think he has. And It'll Michael, Michael, he just wants to focus on his football this year. He doesn't want to talk about contracts. Yeah, so that's the thing. Stop bringing it up. I, there I'm it is. Going to presume that he's managed by Liam Pickering, and <laughs> he has no conversations with <laughs> anyone about anything. So there's the top five. I do have, there's a handful of guys that are yeah, yeah. coming up in the next group that I don't really know where they're going to go, to be honest. Um, there's a midfield group, guys, Ward, Hobbs and Erasmus. I know Richmond are keen on Hobbs. He's the pure inside hard bloke. If he gets to nine, I don't know. Um, the, the the intercept defender guy, who, you know, maybe GWS, uh, maybe Gold Coast might have cooked him, is Gibkus. Now, the interesting thing, ESPN, with their plays like, I thought it was rather funny because they've got plays like Liam Jones. So, Jeez, I, <laughs> don't I, would, him. I would, if I was good, because I'd be suing ESPN for that. Well, he, um, he shows up to the game wearing an anti 5G. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw that and I thought, I haven't updated that. <laughs> no, no. Um, the, the small forward is a guy called Rochelle, which uh, ESPN has said is like Didact. <laughs> They're pulling them out with all guns blazing, aren't they? <laughs> oh, mate, don't say don't say guns blazing with Dido. On the field, uh, you're not allowed to say that. Yet, on the field, field. let's say on the field. Yeah, let's not yeah. say on the bounty. Let's not say on the bounty. Pun intended. Um, uh, so he's the, the small forward, which looks like Adelaide surely will go that path. Yep. Um, and then the key forward is a guy called Jai Amis. Um, he kicked fifty odd, I think. 
And I, maybe Freya might grab him um, a pick uh, eight, which is their first pick, because I think there's been a bit of a word that, you know, the Tigers might jump in and grab him. Yeah. Um, so they may do that because they've got picks either side of Richmond, which could be the two WA boys that might go Amos with one, let Richmond take Hobbs, and they might take Erasmus. Because so. I remember hitting up early this year and you were saying, like, it's pretty chock full of midfielders this year, and that's the first kind of forward that you've mentioned, like the big kind of planking mark guy. Um, He's I kick 50-something in the Colts. Um, and surely Freo, you know, the two – and Erasmus is a good player. I saw some highlights of him early on. I thought, too, wouldn't mind him at Richmond. Yeah. So maybe they take Erasmus and they take, uh, you know, Amos both sides of the Richmond pick. Um, could be what they're going to do. So. Right. So that's a group around which I haven't done as much time and effort into, but – we're here, mate. We'll we're see here. where they go. We're here, you lazy. It's okay. You don't have to keep apologising. <laughs> can we take you through, like, can you give Adam and myself a bit of hope? Like, what do you reckon Carlton needs and what do you reckon Hawthorne needs? Like, what's the – if they could get if, – if they had a top five, you know, could get whatever they want, you know, for that number one. Like, what's Carlton need? What's well, Hawthorne I've, need? You know what? To answer that, can I answer that for you, Coombsy? I think Carlton yes, got what can. they wanted with their pick six that they gave to Freo with Cherub. They wanted the, they wanted <laughs> midfield depth. And to get someone who's been in the system for four years and can come in and be like, a you know, the player these days at Carlton, they'd happily give up that pick, right? That, that kind of was a, a fair trade. Yeah, and, and look, the other thing I'm thinking with Chera, which and I like him, which you know, he normally played down a wing on Frio, then moved through and played more late in the year yeah. when five got injured. I think Carlton will probably push him straight in. What does it do for Zach Williams, who wants to play in the midfield? But maybe Boss will go, You're a halfback flanker. I don't care what you want to do, you're a halfback flanker. He goes back there. I think he's going to be pretty back where he was and be a better player. Hewitt is a very good pickup. I mean, I know some people are going, Hewitt, what? No, he's a good run with Tagger. So does that mean Ed Kuno gets released as that inside ball? Because he is, uh, yep, 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 yep. but he's had to tag. But Kuno can get the ball 30 times. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So yep. I don't know if that's where you're going to go, Rosie, but it makes sense. Hewitt is the tagger. Let Kuno go, ripping human, good at getting it. That may be the help that they need for Walsh and Cripps and throw a chair on that outside. It's not a bad – you're starting to get there. And Young now looks like a smart pick. Yes. With Jones going, but he can yeah. step into that. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that, the one that I really like from Carlton that you haven't really seen is uh, Liam Stocker, who's been playing in the back pocket and is just – he's another inside midfield bull. And he's just really good with really good skills. And I think he'll start to move into the midfield because they're just kind of giving him, you know, minutes in the back line at the moment. But he's he's – Tank and and the Hawks chamber. They got rid of Segler, which I might go, uh, fellas. Um, been, it's been good being here. <laughs> no, Adam, I'm, I'm watching the uh, I'll be real quick. The three bait on, uh, on my yeah, TV. Good, good. Picking up Max Max Lynch is a very good pickup. Collingwood Ruckman, good good bloke, very good on the insta. Has uh, hasn't played many games like over the journey. No, but he's in, played but... well. Yeah, he's played yeah. well when he's got in. But yeah. he had Grundy in front of him. So yeah, this is sure. a good pick-up for Hawthorne. Enough, yeah. Good, good pick-up for Hawthorne. Good bloke. He'll become a favourite pretty quick because he has a crack. Yeah, so I think it's a really good, good pick-up for a guy who couldn't get in front of Mason Cox. I think that is a, a really good, handy <laughs> pick-up for Hawthorne. That was yeah. a very good game. I mean, that 28 seemed <laughs> It was good. 
um, Lynch will have a good year. I think when Collingwood fans, I, I saw them at the grand final in 2018, walking across the bridge to get to the MCG, and they're chanting USA, and you go, I think Mason Cox might have done something that week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I think I think the teams that are going to, I mean, Hawthorne are going to be fine. They're going to be okay. They're not going to be playing finals, sorry, Turnbow, but they're yeah, going to yes. be pushing up. Fair enough. Um, yeah. and, but, you know, picks, what, five, 21, 24, they're going to get some fairly good. Well, you could get an absolute superstar, but it's going to be hard to tell. Yeah. But I think the teams outside the eight, all the teams that could make a difference, the GWS, I reckon, going a good year, and I've, I've ended up having them in my top four, I reckon. And plus, they've added Brander to their list. And he's a good utility sort of player from West Coast. So, yeah. GWS definitely dogs up there. Melbourne are going to be up there, and the Tigers will bounce back. Brisbane get Rayner and Hipwood back. So, we're, you know, that should improve them. Yeah. Port, with their depth, improve them. Essendon, you think they... I mean, yeah, Sydney yeah. concerns me a fraction because they're losing Dawson and Hewitt. Mm-hmm. But I know those young kids, you know, Goulden, Campbell, Warner yeah. are probably yeah. going to improve. He kind of this is, the team that's kind of just always going to kind of be there, you know? like they, and, and that's that's where I've got them. They're, yeah. they're going to be there. So from outside, West Coast is the one that I just... I, I don't know. I'm seriously, I, I don't know where they're at. I don't know if they know, do they? Well, I'll, I'll, I'm actually popping into a nightclub in, uh, in Northbridge tonight and I'll uh, <laughs> get some information from you. Find Mate, out make sure you, make sure you go via uh, Darwin, change your address on your licence and then fly to Perth. That's the way to do it. <laughs> and I'm also a bit concerned with St Kilda. I think they've got... What was their first pick? I picked pick nine, which become pick 11. But then that's it till 60 yeah, fine, or something. Man. Yeah, the Saints are like, are they 16th or are they? I, I five, you know? Because they're just, yeah. you know, I think they're just buying their time, wait the following year, Ben King and bang. To, yeah. to, you know? So I, I think they're the question mark. Sydney, St Kilda, Geelong. And biggest question mark of all, I think, is it's West Coast. Um, Tigers will bounce back. Doom, he said they'll win the flag. I'm not going to argue with Durham. I just, I just don't argue with Durham. So, yeah, no, you, uh, you, you never uh, argue with Durham. Uh, yeah. Five day, five night. You don't, you don't do that. Yeah, when um, Durham drives, yeah, you right. I think. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Metro Nightclub. You don't argue with. Ah, <laughs> uh, great terms. It's been amazing. This is fucking. It, Thank you, it's been such a awesome fucking journey to have you on our show, and I've gotten all my notes. I've written down all the number, you know, one to five and all the kind of information you've given us. And uh, and we are cool. absolutely thrilled to get out to the junk timers out there. Yeah, I want to say thank you, you so much, Greg. Yeah. yeah, you're the best, man. Thank we love you. you. Thanks, heaps. And um, I'm not going to make a prediction for next year. If I'm dead and buried, it's been fun. If I'm not, I'll speak to you then. <laughs> That's the spirit. Um, maybe we can maybe announce it on um, Continental Tires Trade Radio. <laughs> <laughs> we need a sponsor of junk time, mate. What's true. going on? That's true. Love you, man. Have fun. <laughs> Thanks, Kunzi. Thanks, mate. See you, boys.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 